Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing very, very well. Very quickly, a thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Jack Yakub. Thank you, Jack, and of course, to all of our other wonderful patrons who make all of this possible. If you would like to join, patreon.com slash Roma Press. I also had to add this to my opening lines, Andy, about our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash IS Roma Press, just like all of our other uh, social media channels, the same thing at IS Roma press please subscribe it greatly greatly helps and as i said in the previous episode very soon in the coming weeks here we will begin doing the episode in podcast form or i'm sorry in video form oof so you will uh, be able to enjoy our uh, facial expressions when we uh, begin uh, to get into results uh, mid february which is generally the uh, Andy, the sweet spot for when uh, the depression seems to set in for us. So uh, people will uh, be able to enjoy our beautiful faces. Uh, Also, if we bring on some guests, I am telling you, I am going to, even if I have to meet with him every single day to do it, I'm going to teach Marco Violi English just so we can have him on to give his origin story because, I mean, you, you enjoy movies. Um, that thing would be cinematic gold. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there's things about that guy. Even I still don't know that I I'm just dying to learn about. And I'm, I have to say again, I, I know that you saw, or one of the biggest developments in my life has been that guy unblocking me and finally feeling, uh, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel a bit free from the tyranny where, you know, I don't have to have to uh, talk and code to people or, you know, things I post on social media. I, I feel like I don't have to hide it anymore and fear that the man may show up on my uh, uh, front uh, front door. Now he's going to be able to to uh, to cut clips of you losing your shit. On camera. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, so that will soon backfire. Oh, my gosh. You will I, be going full Marco Violi. Oh, my gosh. Mancano questi. I soldi. My favorite yeah. of all time. I, 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 nothing will ever surpass that one. So, again, youtube.com slash ISROMA press. Where where do we even start? We we can talk about the transfer market. We will uh, revisit that. Doing uh, some grades to Roma, 
I'm debating how much the first three rounds of the season should really factor into it because we can't erase what we have seen thus far. So I feel like that at least has to play some part. Uh, Before getting into that, though, tell me if I am being set up here. I feel like I am being made sort of like a patsy. I I got invited to go on a a television program uh, that that focuses on uh, Aston Villa to discuss Zaniolo. One of the questions, Andy, is what is he like off the pitch? What is his personality? I feel like that question is setting me up (laughs) as a a way to open uh, the floodgates to who knows Although that that also does feel like a way for me to express, as everyone knows, my affection for uh, Frak seventy seven. I just feel like that question, which in, in normal terms is Zaniolo's mom's yes, username yes. on Instagram. That's for anybody yes. that was wondering. Sorry, that's yes, what that's John that's is that's referring that's to now because here you know you start with this podcast. We're supposed to go global with this. We're building a YouTube channel. All of a sudden, you go out of your way to mention Marco Violi and Frack seventy seven. Oh, now oh, imagine, well, imagine you're a first time listener and you try to grasp what the hell this man from Ohio is talking about. You have no idea. So what John is talking about is the Instagram profile of Zaniolo's mom because uh, she famously used her Instagram to basically defend her son publicly whenever some well, issue that's, uh, came that, up and and you know and uh, that's not and, what she uses her Instagram for all the time. Let's there's other reasons see, why. I, see, you're a sick man, John. You got oh, your, you got your fifth st- kid coming st- along, st- and here's st- you talking about. Stop. <laughs> oh man well you know you say ohio the great thing is not since this is going to be on video uh it's because we got rid of the godforsaken flat and asiago vicenza i am there we go that's another mention of you know you like when Veneto you when, when, when you free yourself from handcuffs that 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 is what it felt like uh-huh uh, so the great thing is Anytime I would do anything related to video, whether I was there or we were back in America, the great thing was you could never really tell because A, I use the same background and B, if you did see the background and you, and, and you used the weather as a, a reference point, mm-hmm. the exact, the exact same, exact same. So this is my state of being really, uh, like my homeostasis is living in crap weather and mentioning frock uh, 77 on the podcast. So yes. anyway, uh, I just felt like I was, I felt like I was trying to be made into a patsy or something with that question because I, it, it I'm convinced they listen to the podcast and are just wanting me to, I mean that would open. You, you up were a supposed to be the of... Lee Harvey Oswald of, of the situation. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if we really want to get into the levels as to how deep that would go, I mean there are countless, countless twenty-something uh, Italian women that I'm sure would be able to speak as to what this guy is like off the pitch. 
let's move on. I, I wow. I just wanted not, to make sure that seven I, minutes. I'm not gonna get back. Yeah, that uh, wow. Uh, apologies, apologies to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> apologies to to everybody. I, I am. Mm. I, it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday morning, and over something there happens Ohio. during these international breaks where I, I don't know. I mean, this is the first I think m- month and a half where I'm not traveling between continents or countries, and and I'm I don't know if I am going mad or maybe this is just what a normal state of being feels like. I I, I don't know, but anyway, uh, it it is nice, and I know many will not feel the same. I, after having had what, we are approaching almost one full week now of having to digest what happened against Milan. And I I am still, like many of you, I still have uh, indigestion from from what took place. I I am glad that there is an international break because I have to say, Mm. while there has been the usual chatter from all of the usual suspects, nobody is going to... Nobody is going to be surprised as to, uh, you know, which outlets are saying what and who is saying this, who is saying that. It hasn't been as chaotic as perhaps I expected, but it is a good time, in my opinion, to at least, okay, remind yourself that it's only the fourth match day. Again, nothing has been lost. Nothing was lost. You played like absolute shit in your first three matches. But relax. Take a breath. And that's what I have been using this time for. Um, It is funny to see, though, during this week, and and you can attest to this, Andy, like the, the, the depths to which all of the you know, the usual suspects will go to to find things to discuss. It, it, it is fairly annoying. As far as Roma is concerned, I, I would say really the only thing of consequence is what uh, Tiago Pinto had to say during his press conference. You did a live stream uh, touching upon some of those things on the YouTube. But I wanted to get into some of that here before we go into grading all of the transfer market of Roma, Milan, Juve, everybody. But from what he said, and first off, the candor that this guy showed was impressive. I I was thoroughly impressed. Did you see the part where he said, I'm used to being rejected? I'm <laughs> I'm a 30-year-old man. I've been divorced, <laughs> you know, no kids, no nothing. I'm used to getting I'm used to getting people to say no to me. So <laughs> that, that, it's nothing that, new is... that we've had trouble getting an attacker. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. That is, I, I'm yeah. 38, divorced. Um, I mean, the and only I've been thing... under pressure for the past three months. He said, "I'm I'm tired. Yes. I've I've <laughs> been under pressure for three months." You know, other sporting yes. directors were on 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 vacation in June, whereas in June I was actually planning stuff and working on on the sales of players. So yes, I, I mean, it was the, the candor. I, I have to say, the I, I was impressed. You compare that to, uh, I hate bringing him up, but speaking of Villa, uh, Ramon Monchi, I mean, the guy was embarrassed Mm -hmm. to even yawn, okay, in front of people. He would be self-conscious of yawning, this guy, never mind spelling my name incorrectly for two years, but he, 
he showed a level of candor, Andy, that that in in this environment, it is one of those things when you are so up uh, uh, forward, up front, you would think sometimes it could come back to bite you. But but me personally, I love this. I mean, first off, you could tell that, you know, we're so used to 75-year-old Italian guys being like the being the senior uh, executives of clubs in this country to see that guy come here, this millennial being like, listen, man, uh, I'm divorced. I've, I've lost my girl. I'm stressed out. I'm losing my hair. Uh, I'm getting fat. What do you want from me? Okay. I tried. I will. I, I mean, all I could do was applaud the guy. And I think I mentioned this earlier months maybe even years ago the guy does take on a lot of stress and again no body shaming here whatsoever when you see his uh, his whatsapp photos of uh, he has he has two mobiles uh, a portuguese one and an italian one he removed the portuguese one i'm convinced he must have heard the episode where i initially mentioned it where he's with his family from at least three to four years ago. And then he has his Italian one has a photo of him. Now the difference between the guy, great hair. Uh, he, he put on maybe a stone or two. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, this, you can tell man, the environment, this place is not for the meek of heart. It is not for, you know, you really have to have the, the fortitude of course. to come here. I mean, uh, Paolo Fonseca, when he came here, he looked like Pierce Brosnan in GoldenEye. And when he left, <laughs> when, he, when he left, you know, he looked like somebody you'd find in the Tenderloin district of San Francisco. So <laughs> that was and, and now he's back. He's back in, in Liga and he's having a great time and he looks great. So he looks fantastic. You know, the only person that I think got worse by leaving Roma is uh, Walter Sabatini, who oh, looks like something man. you'd find yes. in the movie The Mummy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's not <laughs> not a knock on his health status, which I hope is fine. But the guy is not looking good. Uh, Tiago Pinto, yes. I mean, Tiago Pinto. Also, Tiago Pinto is uh, someone who has been under the microscope for his entire time uh, since he joined. I mean, remember, he comes in in the in the winter of when J Edin Dzeko is basically on his way out of Roma. Edin Dzeko is sitting in a car outside of the stadium of Bentegodi, ready to go to Juve with an agreement in place with Juve for a swap yes. involving Arek Milik. The Friedkins shut down the deal. And Pinto is basically brought in to, uh, to mediate between Dzeko and, uh, and Paolo Fonseca with also the knowledge that Paolo Fonseca will not be renewing his stay. So uh, from the first minute that he got here, he has not had a single free moment of you know, the, the media or the fans like treating him like a normal human being. Like people don't even know what he does and they'll still find a way to tie him to, to something negative. You know, anything happens that is wrong or does not sit right with people, it's Pinto's doing, um, which I find very funny. 
I think uh, it's because people are puzzled by this term general manager instead of the more traditional uh, sporting director one. But I also, I agree, you know, when, when he sat down at this press conference, I was surprised by, by how also, uh, you know, he, he was having a laugh at himself. Um, he was very open about it. You know, he admitted to, to, um, to having been engaged in, in, in different negotiations for different strikers over the summer and exactly getting rejected left and right. Um, he, he was also very honest about the fact that he is not perfect, but also about the fact that um, people need more balance and judgment, which is always what I'm asking of people either on here or on their live stream is to at least, you know, if you have a, a specific opinion, great, but at least I'm not saying try to revert to the opposite, but try to to also see the gray area, you know? And uh, with Pinto, he said, very open about it. Like when I signed the uh, Sardara's Moon, I had like a hundred uh, direct messages on Twitter calling me names saying I stink. And then he says, yeah, I, I probably do stink. But uh, when I sign... <laughs> But when I what you know, but when I when I signed Lukaku, everybody started writing me that I'm the king of Rome and complimenting me, which is it speaks, it, it rings so true to to what uh, what Roma supporters can do also on social media just alone. The opinion right, right. swings from one extreme to the other. There is no balance. So with Sardara's moon coming in, there was no patience to see. Okay. Is the market over? The people assumed that the transfer window was over, you know, and they were not even willing to wait 48 hours to see that maybe Roma have something up their sleeve. And less than 48 hours later, Roma are in talks for Lukaku. So Sardar's Moon signing wasn't even official by the time we were already in London talking to Chelsea for, for the arrivals of Lukaku. So I thought in his press conference, um, Pinto was much more relaxed than I imagined him to, to be because at the end of the day, you go to a press conference, you're basically faced with the people that either kiss your ass 24 hours uh, per day or, um, or you know, throw shit at you constantly. Right. You know, like some of those reporters, just like with Mourinho, it's either they kiss ass or every day, either on the radio or in the paper, they'll write and they'll talk about you like you're some kind of, you know, uh, terrorist. And and so to see him so composed, but also highly critical of of what he, you know, of what his um, job this uh, summer was. He said, "I'm never satisfied with with my work." So. Uh, now I'm going to be able to rest a bit, but I'm not satisfied with what I did this summer. And I think, you know, in the end, that's it's really all you can do, especially in a situation like being a sporting director, general manager at Roma, where you are operating under extreme conditions. Um, you will never be happy. You will never be happy. You will never make the perfect signing. You will never have the perfect roster because you just don't have the means to do it. Oh, 100%. And two, just, just touching upon quickly about, you know, being face-to-face with the media members that, that throw the crap against him. You know, it, it is it is easy to see. And this is just me. This is my opinion on the matter because I have a very simple belief of this. If you write something, because 
with these outlets, there are many of them, and there are others that don't. I mean, some of the people I have the you know the utmost respect for do not write at Corriere dello Sport, Gazeta dello Sport. It's you know, Filippo Biafora. I mean, he he will not write something of anybody that he won't say to their face. You know, like the dynamics sometimes in that uh, in those press conferences. It it it, it is interesting because you can see sort of the true face. I, I, I don't know how you would say it. Like you, you, you can see sort of like the, the, the underlying motivations of some, uh, some of these journalists, reporters, you know, um, you can really tell sort of uh, uh, who is true and who is not. I, I have always been fascinated by the dynamics that take place in those rooms. Uh, it, it is interesting to be a part of and to see. And again, I mean, the guys that uh, at, at some of the biggest outlets, even like the Sky uh, Sky Sport, they just some of the things that get said, uh, written about, uh, you know, when they have a chance to confront somebody and they don't do it. It, it is rather comical um, to, to see happen. But th- that is something I, I mean, I could do an entire episode about that if we really wanted to. But nobody wants to hear that. So in what you just said about Tiago Pinto, let's shift then to the grades. And when discussing this, I, I, I think we at least have to slightly consider what is taking place in these first few matches. Obviously, you're not going to give an entire judgment or, or, or give a balance on the summer transfer window after just three matches, because again, it is such a, a, a small small sample size nobody is going to make dramatic uh, shifts in their opinion just based off a, a handful of matches so that said let's just quickly run down what Roma did this summer and give grades as to what we think they how they performed in the transfer market and again the way I view a successful or not successful transfer market, Andy, is is extremely simple. Extremely simple. Did you improve your team and give yourself a better chance to achieve to achieve your objectives, whatever those objectives may be? I don't. I, I do. I do not think it makes sense to go. You know, when you look at the total of Serie A and go, okay, well, who had the most names? Who had the best names? If they don't improve your team's chances to achieve whatever the objectives may be, whether it be avoid relegation, finish top four, win the Scudetto, I, I, I think it's silly. Ultimately, it comes down to, are you in a better position after the transfer market to achieve what you set out to do in your objectives than you were prior to it? So that that is the way... And correct me if I'm wrong. I assume that is probably too similar to how you view it. I, I just think going, you know, who had the most names, who had the best names, and that's who did the best. I, I think that is way far too elementary of a way to view it. So very quickly, here is what Roma did. And when you look at the the, the income as far as uh, outgoing uh Outgoing operations compared to the incoming, it is it is interesting to see. So we have Romelu Lukaku loan, Leandro Paredes loan, Renato Sanchez loan, 
with option to buy. Evan Indica, free on a permanent deal. Hussein Awar, free permanent deal. Uh, Erasmus Christensen, loan. Sardar Asmun, loan. I do not think I am missing anybody, correct? I think that is all. So when you look at that, you heard a lot of loans. And then as far as the sales go, this is where I think they deserve a a heap of credit. So Justin Clivert, out. Uh, Matias Vigna, out. Shomuradov, out. Perez, he is out. Brian Reynolds, Gonzalo Villar, both out. And on top of that, they also sold Ibanez, Christian Volpato, Tahirovic, uh, uh, Nemanja Matic, Misori, Solpakin, and Darbo, right? I think that is all. Darbo yeah. is on loan, yeah. Darbo is on loan. So Same with Solpakin. It depends on how you view this. If we are going to view this strictly from a name for name, how did they do? I think that really misses the point. I think this is all about, are they in a better position to achieve objectives than they were prior to this window? I mean, undoubtedly, the answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, if we just go from who left to who came in, I am, I would find it incredibly difficult to say that Roma are worse off than they were prior to the window. The only aspect or the only um, difficulty I find in making this judgment is Nemanja Matic. Simply due to the huge role he played within the team, I think what you said in the previous episode about uh, moving Parentes from uh, that, that playmaker, that G-style role right in front of the defense, moving him to Mezzala is what absolutely unequivocally needs to happen. And you need to put Cristante there. Uh, but for me, though, uh, tactically, and as far as quality goes, I, I mean, Matic is the only thing that really gives me some mm, hesitation, I, I, I should say. So if, if I want to give my grade on the overall balance, out of 10, I would probably give to it a six and a half, maybe a seven. And on top of that, too, that, that is not even mentioning the financial fair play restrictions. I mean, that, that above all, the fact you were able to get these guys. I mean, Andy, if we didn't put how they arrived at the club and, and, and the overall cost, okay? If you just put Lukaku, Paredes, Sanchez, Indica, Ewar, Christensen, Asmun. If you put those names down on paper and you didn't show the fee or the... Um, the type of operation in which they arrived to the club, everyone would have snatched that out of your hand without even thinking for a moment. Yeah, I, I mean that's the way I view it. it yeah, I mean uh, you you look at this uh, you look at this window and it's exactly it's a window of uh, of opportunity. Roma could only plan to a certain extent because um, you 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 just said it. You look at uh, the mathematics departure, which basically alters. Whatever you were supposed to do, hey, maybe if Nemanja Matic 
didn't leave, maybe you you wouldn't end up even getting Renato Sanchez because maybe a better opportunity would have come along. And I think Manja Matic's uh, departure prompted Roma to resolve the situation quickly by acquiring uh, Leandro Paredes and uh, Renato Sanchez. You know, since you were already in negotiations with PSG, you thought, hey, I might as well utilize this and try for another player who uh, is has been excluded from Luis Enrique's project. And so let's let's see if we can get lucky. Um, I think, you know, obviously uh, we we had to we ha- we made some gambles. Uh, Renato Sanchez, even there uh, in his press conference, Thiago Pinto was very open about it and said, hey, if it works out, feel free to compliment me and if he doesn't work out for us if it's he's always fault, injured yes. then yeah then you'll blame me because i'm the one who brought him in because i love him as a player um hold and- on by the way did you see what he said about indica on uh, he, he said if you look at transfer market uh yeah he's he's, he- he's 25 million 30 million yeah, <laughs> that yeah was he, fantastic, it was man. fantastic it was um uh, because he was again basically saying you know our because he was answering a question about Marcos Leonardo saying you know we we are also aiming to sign young players for the future but uh, this time around it did not happen uh, we are also then so we basically counter that initiative with free signings of players whose value is much higher than the one we signed them for so yeah Hussein Wawar Evandika, guys that could have easily on on a, on the market gone for a 20 million, 25 million signed for a free with Roma. Um, I do think, for example, the Rasmus Christensen is a sort of very low impact signing. It's I think it's it gives me basically you know the the kind of vibes I would get from Jonathan Silva, meaning a guy you bring in you know just to be an, an extra body. That um, is the worst. So I mean, you want to talk I about mean, people who don't know what that means? If you're a new listener, uh, <laughs> uh, go, go Google his. Uh, yeah, Jonathan's, speaking of transfer market, yes, uh, go yeah. to his uh, <laughs> his spell at Roma. What one 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 appearance? Yeah, I think no. I think it was two appearances. Yeah, one. I as always a mix him up with against um, Empoli. Who's the come on? Um, the guy from uh, they got from uh, Real Sociedad, the uh, central defender. Come on, uh, Hector Moreno. Oh yeah, Hector Moreno. He yeah, was yeah. he was one he was one appearance, right? He no, he was a bit more. He played, I think, uh, two in uh, Serie A and uh, a few in Coppa Italia, or maybe two in Coppa Italia. But, but basically, he was gone after five months, um, <laughs> even though he had signed on a, a long-term deal. <laughs> so it didn't exactly work out. No, but you know, with Christensen, it's clear that he was a name that was included when, again, you were talking for Llorente. You thought, okay, we need uh, depth in uh, at the right back position, and and so you got him. Um, so that's for me. That's one of the more unconvincing deals. And uh, Renato Sanchez is just okay to to have questions. But then, obviously, you look at the way uh, Roma managed to sign Romelu Lukaku, and they sort of compensate for whatever uncertainty they showed initially, right? You you can we can, I think we can all agree Romelu Lukaku arrived very very late, but um, he wouldn't have arrived at all if you tried to sign him earlier because. Um, he was not a player that you could get for free. I mean, obviously, on a on a on a for some small fee of five million on loan, because uh, Chelsea were intent on letting him go only on a permanent deal, and Roma would not have been able to match those demands. So I think Romelu Lukaku's arrival changes the entire 
um, the entire landscape of Roma's transfer window. Um, I do think Leandro Paredes, even though he's a player that we're highly critical of, in that situation for that fee of what, three million, something like that, including yeah, the add-ons. Yeah, it, it will be three million. I mean, yeah. you, you can't beat that. You can't. Yeah, that's, you, can't. you know, even for a player that that may backfire on you, that's, you know, it's yes. such a low fee in that situation that you're he like, He has okay, a pulse. I mean, at that fee, yeah, I mean, you can't he has, beat it. He has Come a on. pulse and... and he, you know, I don't, it, it's not a situation where you can lose a lot, you know? So, um, I, 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 I do, I do like that. I do like, uh, Hussein Wawar. I do like, uh, the signing of Ndika, even though he hasn't played, I do think he, he makes sense. It's just a matter of, and it's not because I saw people worrying, Hey, maybe fitness levels are low. No, I, apparently his fitness levels are great. It's just that Mourinho has been very reluctant to, to introduce him to the starting lineup because he's afraid that um, the defense will not be able to read him and vice versa. But but I, I think that we can safely say that the defense hasn't been uh, able to read each other at all in this first three games. So I don't think introducing Evandika uh, may cause a bigger problems than the one you've already had over these past three games. Um, so I do agree. I think, you know, obviously this is not a perfect window. A lot of it was... Uh, either reaction signing. So, for example, exactly, the Leandro Paredes, Renato Sanchez, it all happens within, like, 48 hours of Nemanja Matic leaving. Um, that's a reaction signing. Um, uh, Lukaku is an opportunity signing. He comes in very, very late in the window without any preseason training, without any, you know, this... Roma were monitoring so many players for that position. They were close to Marco Arnautovic. So, clearly, that's... It says that... Roma did not have a clear idea. Maybe they were hoping for a big marquee signing. And in the end, it worked out with Romelu Lukaku. So uh, timing-wise, maybe not an ideal signing. But as a, as the player himself, I mean, this is you know top of the line given the circumstances. So for me, it's a seven. It's a seven due to really very, very difficult summer. Also, the fact that you were you managed to offload um, only Rob, Roger Ibanez from a, a team that, you know, you, you have some players that you don't want to see uh, the club get rid of. Uh, you know, you extended... Uh, El Shirao. You extended uh, Chris Smalling. You extended uh, Brian Cristante. I think uh, we, I think the general consensus is now people are seem to be dissatisfied with these decisions after three games because they're like, oh, Chris Smalling is demotivated and has stopped playing and he's old. And then uh, Cristante is back to being crap and El Shirawi is back to being slow. And But in hindsight, these are all deals that we would have wanted Roma to, to make. Uh, to make. You know, it's uh, those renewals. We are begging for for Chris Smalling's renewal. We are begging for El Shirawi's renewal. Every, I think everybody was basically uh, desperate with, uh, you know, and crying at the idea of losing, uh, you know, El Shirawi, who's basically the ideal bench player. Um, and, and Roma were able to, to secure all three of them. So in hindsight, I think, you know, timing-wise, there were certain things that should have done better. More attention should have been paid to... Uh, to those wingbacks, because um, I think in the ideal world, Roma would have sold Spinazzola. I do think uh, Spinazzola um, should have left the club because this is not a guy that Roma will renew. This is not a guy whose whose contract Roma will extend, and I do believe he's going to leave as a free agent. So uh, I think this was, if there was an exit that you should have 
um, you know, put more effort into. It should have been Leonardo Spinazzola, but, but obviously that's up for debate, and we'll see how he performs. Uh, these la- these three games have not been good for him, but I guess uh, time will tell. Um, and otherwise, you know, it's 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 just the same old game. Is how smart can you be? How can you outsmart UEFA um, whilst uh, you know? whilst complying with the uh, restrictions that were set upon you. So it's it's all a matter of being smart, of, of not spending money, and uh, of trying to find, you know, functional, efficient solutions to, 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 to your problems, um, whilst also adding depth, which is, you know, it's very, very difficult. I, I do believe this was perhaps the most difficult transfer window that Roma have had to deal with since uh, Mourinho's arrival. I don't think there is any doubt about that. And again, I think that is something you, you absolutely have to consider when you are judging the market uh, of Roma. There's there's just no way to put that aside and not consider it. Now, when you take the market of Roma, you compare it to the rest of Serie A, where do you place it? Because again, each each team is unique in their objectives and, and what they're aiming to do in a summer window. There is no club that has a... a there's no unilateral objective between all 20 teams in Serie A. Everybody is trying to achieve something different, to reach a different goal in the summer. When you consider that and you consider what Roma were trying to do and what they did ultimately achieve during the summer, where, where do you rank it among the, the, the best of Serie A? Because... When I look at particularly some of the, the, the bigger clubs in Serie A, I would put Roma's up there uh, among the best. However, when you, you know, when you talk about these first three matches, obviously it is difficult to give them a, 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 a perfect grade or the best grade. I think, in my opinion, I thought Inter did very well, especially considering they were in a, a, a Champions League final some months ago, and to lose what what four or five guys from that uh, starting eleven, I think they did incredibly well to uh, replace those guys and to add even more. Uh, uh, Turam is a guy I, I really really like. One of those forwards who probably not going to score loads and loads of goals but I, I think he can do a lot of things that maybe do not appear in the in the score sheet Milan it's difficult to to crap uh, to, to to throw mud on them after they just defeated Roma uh, I don't like making that many changes however what they did for uh, to sell Tonali and then to bring in some of the names that they did in the midfield, especially, I think, was uh, impressive. If they can continue with Giroud uh, long, I say long term, but really I'm speaking only of uh, uh, the coming months of this season. I, I still find it difficult that that this is the guy at his age. Uh, you know, he, he can be the one to lead your attacking line. Napoli, you mentioned them a few times in previous episodes, Andy. They were really, it was curious to see what they were doing uh, coming off of Scudetto. Embarrassing. You would think, 
embarrassing. Yeah, you know, um, r- rarely do I do I say this about managers, but uh, I kind of feel bad for our, our good friend Rudy simply because I don't know what he was about Patsy. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk not about a Patsy? A Patsy. He, I not only did a Patsy. This man leaves Saudi Arabia, so he was in Saudi Arabia where there were when there were no quality players. He was there when Cristiano Ronaldo came in, and the moment Cristiano Ronaldo came in, he left. And the moment that Saudi Arabia starts pouring money into football, he comes to a Napoli side where everybody is open uh, about the fact... I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but Napoli's lawyer, Grassani, was uh, unbelievable. Um, The fact we know about Napoli's lawyer and even to their social media guy. Exactly. I'm trying because I try to imagine, you know, we have listeners from all over the world. In the live stream, there are people that say they follow us from Trinidad, Tobago, India, you know, New Mexico, uh, and... uh, and I just try to imagine if I'm like a random listener from one of those places uh, to hear about Napoli's lawyer. Well, yes, Napoli's lawyer, you know, in Italy, everybody becomes famous. So Napoli's lawyer, Grassani, even publicly admitted that um, Rudy Garcia was like the 10th option on Roma's list, on uh, on Napoli's list. Um, you know, they after winning the Scudetto and losing Luciano Spalletti, they went through a whole list of names, and Garcia was just at the bottom. They settled for that. So Garcia comes into a team that just won the Scudetto, and these guys are not willing to even spend a dime on the transfer window. And now there is a big, you know, there is like um, a big situation because uh, uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis doesn't want to uh, increase uh, Kvara's um, uh, salary and doesn't want to renew Victor Ossiman. Uh, These are guys that have been just nominated for the Ballon d'Or. So this guy doesn't want to. So it's Napoli is a very strange situation. I think Roma rank somewhere uh, beneath uh, Milan, who I, th- I think uh, did the best. Um, I-, I think Milan, uh, I-, I think Milan, Atalanta, Inter, Roma. In terms of transfers, I think that's. And then Fiorentina, I believe, did well. Um, uh, Lazio, uh, let, we'll see, because I, I do think that in the midfield, they-, they-, they tried their best to replace Milinkovic-Savic. That's a big... Uh, that's a big absence, so we'll see how that goes. But but uh, but I think Juve and, and Napoli did not do enough. And I you know knowing my luck, I'll probably be proven wrong and and whatever. I don't care. But at at, at this time around on on paper, I really do think that everybody in Serie A tried to do. Everybody in Serie A made a lot of money this year, but spent very little. Like, that's the consensus. Roma, uh, uh, Serie A are the top, uh, the top league in terms of, you know, uh, of, uh, of money, of income made from transfers. So um, they, 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 uh, they sold their players very well, um, and they sold a lot. A lot of important players left Serie A. Um, the problem was that nobody was able to spend. So Milan are up there because what? Because they spent the seventy million or some sixty something like that that they earned from uh, from Sandro Tonali's sale. Um, Inter spent some money, not as much as everybody expected them to. The right. fact that you know they um, 
the, the Onana's money, part of it, only part of it went toward the, the, the signing of Benjamin Pavar from, uh, from Bayern on, on near the f- final days of the transfer window. That was surprising because everybody expected them to splash a lot of money on the, on the striker. And then in the end, Marco Arnautovic came in for 10 million. Um, so, but everybody did, I think, the best they could realistically, except for exactly Napoli, which for me, it's mind-boggling that these are the reigning champions. And when you look at their transfer window, um, you're just really surprised. You know, I mean, they, they were tracking uh, Gabri Vega. Um, they lost Kim to Bayern. They never replaced him. They got uh, Nathan from Brazil, who's had heart, had heart problems and injuries and and uh, and is not acclimated to Serie A. They have Juan Jesus, who is 33 and is starting for them. So to me, that's this time around, I think Aurelio De Laurentiis really... Um, did his best to be himself, like so he, you know, the cheapest possible owner in Serie A, despite winning the Scudetto, and um, and I don't know, I, with Grudy Garcia, anything can happen, you know, uh, he can do wonders, he can go on a lucky streak, or it can absolutely backfire on him. We saw them get humiliated by Lazio. The scoreline could have been much, much worse. Um, terrible. And, and oh, so we'll see. You know, bad. we'll see with Roma. With Roma, obviously, these are we. I'm, I'm speaking. You know, trying to ignore the first three games. So even though Milan did really well, I'm putting them up there because they actually went out of their way and recognized that the problem was the attack was stale. So with the exception of Giroud, they basically changed all of the personnel up front. Decateller, uh, Salesmaker, uh, Messias, all gone. Um, they they went out, they got Pulisic, they got all these guys um, to try and rejuvenate the squad and make a change. So I applaud them. And Atalanta did the same. You know, they tried to to instill new life uh, and bring players that are compatible with the Banks Bow Potion. And um, and then we'll Oof. see we'll see what Mary Demiral has to say about Gasperini. Uh, Gasperini is getting some bad press, and I'm all there for it. I'm loving every second of it. I want that dictator and a cheater exposed as soon as possible and uh and we'll see you know it's it's again it's three games we're we're heading into this international break it's a weird period of time because no international games have have been played yet so it's this weird bubble where people are waiting for the international break to be over but no games have been played yet so we don't even have anything to to talk about with regards to the club as to what's happening i know dibala is back to training renato sanchez who knows if he's going to be back for empoli um and then you know we can start projecting our inspired starting 11 after the international break is done because uh, hopefully you know roma come up with a solution and um, and in the meantime, we just have to keep our fingers crossed that nobody, and I mean nobody, gets injured. I think that is the best way to put it. Uh, so let let's end it there. Uh, again, we both agree Roma up there with among uh, the better of transfer markets in Serie. A. I will have to say I I know Napoli did, did virtually nothing this summer. I do have to applaud them, though, because the fact they were able to hold hold on to Zielinski, I thought, was actually perhaps their best move of the summer. Because I did fear, Andy, that he was going to go to Lazio. Uh, and admittedly, he is a player I adore. Adore the guy. Uh, he can do so much. And the fact that uh, they were able to keep hold of him, 
I thought was important because again, I, I did fear he was going to go to Lazio. So let's let's leave it there. We will return on Monday when uh, we have the end or towards the, the latter stages of uh, this international break and we can get uh, up and running for Roma to get back onto the pitch. Uh, let us know what you think. Where do Roma rank in terms of uh, the rest of Serie A in transfer market grades? So we will leave it there until Monday. Have a great weekend. Ciao. Ciao. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.